Welcome to the Spirit Restored Podcast. This is where the curiosities of spiritualism meet the belief systems of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This podcast is only for those with an open mind. Join Ken Adams on his quest to find higher planes of spiritual experience. Happy Sunday and welcome to the Spirit Restored Podcast. I am Ken Adams and it's been a while. Guys, it's been about a month, maybe a little more. Took some time to focus on Leader Transform. That's the business I run. And also, uh, my wife and I were fairly sick. We came down with the flu and were recovered at this time. Uh, Took a little time to work on business, take some time myself and ponder some things. And now I'm back. Glad to do an episode today. Well, I wanted to start out with a story from Hugh Nibley. I don't, you might not know who Hugh Nibley is. He is a uh, LDS, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints historian who did a lot of research in ancient temple practices, including Egyptian temples, including Sumerian temples, all of those things, as well as ancient understanding about priesthood. He knew a lot, basically. He he knew so much. He traveled the world. He did research. He talked to people. There was always one thing, though, that bothered him that he couldn't get evidence for, and it was something that was spiritual. And in his own words, this is what he said. I always had a testimony of the gospel, except for one short period, when the bottom of the world fell out. That was desperate. I was terribly bothered about this afterlife business and that sort of thing. I had no evidence for that whatsoever. And I remember I went up to Mount Wilson at that time. I walked around in the snow and brooded about it, and I came back. We had a meeting at the old Hollywood Ward. So it's the church building that he went to. Matthew Cowley, his father, Matthias F. Cowley, was the speaker that night. So someone's father, a friend of his, a speaker. So I went up to meet Brother Cowley. And as soon as he took my hand, he says, Come with me. I want to give you a blessing. The blessing was that the Lord would give me an answer immediately to the thing that had been puzzling my mind. Within the week, I had an appendicitis attack. And so we went to the old Seventh-day Adventist hospital out in Loma Linda and had the appendix taken out. At one point during the operation, he swallowed his tongue and was technically dead. But during that period, he had one of those life-after-death experiences. So he he's had this experience at church where he talks to someone, they give him a priesthood blessing that is basically information that comes from God through someone else that says, here's some advice for you or a healing message. Um, We use these priesthood blessings and healing as well. And this, you know, he's, he's looking for answers. I don't know if you've ever been at a point in your life where you've really been looking for answers. And I know when I was a missionary, that was something on my mind all the time. And I remember we got taken to this new city in Ukraine where uh, the previous missionaries that had been there didn't really have anyone that they were teaching or doing work with. And they both got sent out, and I got sent in with a new companion who just arrived from the United States. And I didn't know anybody. I didn't know any members, didn't know what to do, where to go. And I just decided, I said, I'm going to pray. So I got on my knees, and I started praying and praying and praying. And the answer wasn't coming for a bit because I was on my knees and praying and it just wasn't coming. I don't know if that's ever happened to you before. And, you know, these spiritual experiences that we hope to have, we hope they come to us and we put a lot of effort into it. And we, we really 
hope they happen and they don't always happen, you know, and elder Scott, he, he came to my mission and visited us, uh, around the same time that the temple was being built in Ukraine. So I was there when the temple was being built. It was the first temple still, I believe is the first temple built behind the old Soviet wall. So it's the first temple in the former Soviet union. And so we would have apostles come every six months, it seemed like, and talk to our mission. So Elder Richard G. Scott was there. And if you know about Elder Richard G. Scott, he was a very spiritual guy. Compared to the other general authorities, he really cared about the things that were spiritual, uh, including your character and conversion and getting to know Jesus Christ and repentance. And he was visiting my mission, and he started telling us this story in this four-hour training that he put on. And all the missionaries are all locked in and focused and paying attention really well. And Elder Scott says, starts it out and he says, hey, don't spread this story far and wide, right? Now Elder Scott's passed on, so I don't really feel bad sharing it. And I think you're the right audience for it. And Elder Scott said, don't tell this story far and wide. And so we all became really captured into what he was going to say. And he says, one time, and he says, I'm going to tell you the story just to help you understand more of what can be unlocked with being closer to Heavenly Father and having a spirit? He said, I was traveling with other general authorities and we were going to visit a site where we could build a chapel or a temple or something like that. And it was in a foreign country and it was out in the middle of nowhere. And Elder Scott described and he said, I stayed in my car. I didn't get out. I, I let the other people go out. And so the other general authorities and someone else that was there to help survey the land went out of the car with them. They went out to look at all the property and everything. And Elder Scott stayed behind. Well, he stayed behind and he started not feeling well. He really was feeling pretty sick in that moment. He didn't know what came upon him. He was just feeling horrible. And, and these other general authorities and this person surveying the land with them, they were far away. And he thought to himself, what do I do in this situation? I'm all alone in the car and I'm feeling terrible and no one's here to help me. And there's no medical care, nowhere I can go to, no doctor, none of that. And so he had a thought, what if I bless myself? It's very interesting, you know, how these general authorities think about the gospel. I think oftentimes we feel like there's rules for spirituality, that there's rules for everything that we do. And there's really just not rules in my own opinion. I feel like it's about creation more than it is following a rule. And as a missionary, you know, hearing that from Elder Scott, I'm like, oh man, I want to be more spiritual. I want, I want to have miracles happen in my life all the time. And I remember visiting, there's this old lady that we used to visit named Baba Natalia is what we call her. So Baba is like short for Babushka or Babusia. And she lived in Kiev, Ukraine, and she was this 90-year-old grandma that made the best borscht ever in the world. So borscht is a Ukrainian soup, a very famous one. If you haven't had it before, check it out. It's very delicious, like a beet soup. And when we would go to her place, she, we would call her. Usually first we'd call her, she'd answer, and we'd say, hey, we're going to come over. Uh, we'll be there at this time. And she said, oh, great, I'll make you some borscht. So whenever we came over, she always had borscht because they're the first missionary that went and found her, which when we are visiting with her, she's still not a member. Um, she has all these Book of Mormon photos on her wall, and she loves missionaries and pictures of her with missionaries. 
she's really a biggest fan of the church around, just not a member because she was so old and there was risks of her getting baptized and all that kind of stuff. And so we came over, uh, we, whenever we came over, we'd call and we'd say, Hey, we're coming over and she'd have this borscht ready because this first missionary that found her would eat all this borscht and eat a ton of it. So she'd make a bunch of borscht for us. Well, one day we decided, you know, we're in the area. We haven't called there. We're, we're going to go over there and, um, check it out, you know, see what she's doing, see what she's up to. So we go into her apartment building, we knock on the door and she opens it. She says, Oh, come in. I'm glad you're here. Is what she said. She goes, I got the borscht all prepared for you. And I'm sitting there as a missionary and I'm thinking, how does she know to make the borscht? Like she only makes it for the missionaries. And it was like perfectly ready and hot at that moment. So I was so confused. And it was one of those times where I was like, wow, I wonder, wonder how she knew that. And really like as a missionary, you start thinking about all of the spiritual things that could be going on in the world that you just don't know about. It's hard to wrap your mind about. And uh, last week, the last episode that I did, was called spiritual escapism. Now, spiritual escapism is basically, you know, using spirituality actually to escape your problems when in reality you use spirituality to confront your problems and to overcome your problems and to actually find opportunities and grow. And I was talking to one of you listeners out there about uh, the last episode and he was kind of, he actually was confused about it at first and he thought, Oh yeah, that's a really good topic. There's so many people that go to the temple and just have no idea of what's going on there. And I realized there's another topic I need to be talking about. It's the other side of the pendulum, right? It's not only spiritual escapism, but also escaping spirituality, which is this idea that we often don't go deep enough, right? We don't actually go all the way into what we could be doing spiritually. We don't, you know, basically get all of the fruits of our spirituality either. So this is the other side of the pendulum. That's what I want to talk about today. Have you ever done that? Have you ever gone just short of truly embracing spirituality? Have you ever been too afraid to ask for a miracle? Have you ever been afraid of building a very close relationship with Jesus Christ? Or have you simply not wanted to do the work that it takes? I know I've, I've done all those things. I know exactly what it is. There's been many times in my life that I've been on my knees about to ask for something, but then stopped because I was scared it wouldn't happen. I mean, this is essentially what happened to Joseph Smith, right? His was just more intense when he was praying and having a first vision when he saw God the Father and Jesus Christ, and they appeared to him. Before they appeared to him, he felt this huge struggle with a dark power telling him not to. Well, I haven't had any huge struggles. I do know people that have had huge struggles as they're getting closer to spirituality in those kind of moments. But for me, it's always just been subtle enough, you know, it's, it's something where it's like a doubt, a self-doubt or a thought that comes in and says, what if it doesn't happen? What if, what if you're a failure? What if you don't deserve it? What if, you know, all these what ifs that are negative around spirituality as if God doesn't want to bless me. And so I think it's going to be beneficial first to define what spirituality is. Now, I'm going to start with like the dictionary definition, like Merriam-Webster. And it says, spirituality is the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul, as opposed to material or physical things. Now, this is different than what the LDS view is. This is just basically spirituality is someone who cares about spiritual things over physical things. In the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, 
uh, this is the definition that's official. We view our experiences in terms of eternity. That's what spirituality is. We view our experiences in terms of eternity. As we draw farther from worldliness, we feel closer to our Father in heaven and more able to be guided by His Spirit. We call this quality of life spirituality. To the faithful, spirituality is a lens through which we view life and a gauge by which we evaluate it. Spirituality is determined by personal outlook and priorities. It is evident in our words and actions. So it's basically like in that movie, Prince of Egypt, right? It's look at your life through heaven's eyes, right? And we fit, as we feel closer to Heavenly Father and, more, and, and then we become guided by His Spirit, we call this quality of life spirituality. So to the faithful, right? Spirituality is how we view our life, engage it, and how we evaluate it. Yeah. So um, I also think that we we can look at our physical existence and say, how is that tied to our spirituality? And I think the more that we combine the two, the better. We're supposed to combine the spiritual and the physical in order to get the biggest outcome. So what does Jesus say about, you know, this spiritual escapism? Yeah. So basically not going all the way spiritually. In in Isaiah 29, 13, this is actually the Lord in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We believe whenever it says the Lord in the Old Testament that that means Jesus Christ. So wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. So is this idea that people say they're with the Lord, but their hearts are not there. They don't have real intention. They don't actually do the things that are most valuable in spirituality because they're taught fear from the precept of men. They're taught to fear God. They're taught to fear his wrath. They're taught to fear the outcome. They're taught to fear other men. And this this is what prevents them from actually being close to the Lord. In the book of Luke, in the New Testament, chapter 6, verse 46, it says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Another example, right? People, people use the Lord's name. This, to me, is more of what taking the Lord's name in vain is, is saying that you follow him, but you don't actually go deep enough spiritually, actually follow the teachings, yeah? Also, another story from the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, and this is a famous story about Martha and Mary. And it says, And a certain woman named Martha received him, so Jesus Christ, received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? How many of you have been there before, right? It's like you have an opportunity. Let's just say it's not even spirituality. It's, it's maybe like a kid came home from a, one of your kids came home from a mission. And instead of being there present with your kid that came home from the mission, you're so worried about everything being perfect, all the, you know, the cake being ready, the food being ready, you know, all that kind of stuff, rather than actually spending time with the person that's there, the guest, right? So this happens a lot. We do it not only spiritually, but we also do it with our family, with other things. Yeah. And then she says, bid therefore that she help me. So telling Jesus Christ to tell Mary to go help her. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, 
which shall not be taken away from her. So Mary chose to have this experience with Jesus Christ. I mean, if Jesus Christ was in your home, would you be caring about preparing food or would you be by his feet? You know, and your house could be a disaster. It could be totally dirty. It could be no food, none of that. Would you be able to just sit there at his feet, right? And this is essentially the scenario that's there. And oftentimes we don't go all the way spiritually. We don't actually have real intent, real faith in a spiritual sense, because we feel like we're too busy for that. We've got things we have to do. In order to get our outcomes, we have to do it all ourselves. And we got to be really busy. So here's some examples of that. Yeah. And I feel like this happens a lot in the church right now. So here's an example. We seem to shy away from actually using, trusting, and harnessing the power of God in our everyday lives. In fact, today in church, one of the members in a class I was in said, do you think the men really understand what it means to have the power of God and the priesthood in their lives? Do you think they really know what that means? Now, the, the, the discussion evolved to say, well, women also have that power. It's not just men. But she had a good comment, right? Like, do we really know what that power is? And I thought to myself, I was like, can we really ever know? I mean, it's so powerful. What isn't not possible when using the priesthood power, right? But we shy away from actually using it or trusting it or harnessing it, yeah? And also, here's another example. We know that we can pray with real intent with our spouses, family, friends, community, and church. But we give a rote prayer that keeps us from the vulner vulnerably praying and real intention. So instead of actually you know, saying something from the heart that everybody's intending to do and is miraculous if it's answered, we kind of shy away because we, we don't want to be judged by how we pray and what we say, or we don't want, we have that fear that maybe it won't happen. Here's another thing. We approach spirituality like a checklist, marking off whether or not we have completed spiritual actions. So people like this, they might have some spiritual moments doing this. But the effect kind of fades away because it's not really the heart, right? It's not, it's not actually a really deep connection with Heavenly Father that's making this, you know, this happen. Um, another example, we carry around consecrated oil, but we forget to ask for blessings for ourselves, nor are we the first to offer it to people in need. So this is going back to priesthood power, right? Not only do we do we carry around this consecrated oil, which we believe in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is essential in the healing process when giving a priesthood blessing. But we forget to ask for a blessing for ourselves. Yeah? Here's another one. We go to the temple focusing on doing everything right and going through all the motions, but we don't find the real miracle that is the temple, which is the connection to all the different generations of time and eternity and hearing the promises and really believing them. Yeah. And really knowing that the spirit is dwelling in our hearts and letting it be there. Here's another one. So in, in the church, we have these things called word councils where leaders in the church for that community, for that area where people live, they get together and they discuss the people that live in that community and how they can help them and solve problems and be a help. So here's an example. We solve problems in ward council through making strategic plans to invite people back to church, but we don't initiate an intentional praying and fasting session for those that have left. The Lord will speak to their hearts. So basically we say, hey, let's, let's uh, have a good strategy to help people come to our church or come back to church instead of saying, why don't we just pray first and fast first and let 
let God guide us on how we should actually do it rather than having just a, a plan or a strategy, you know, cause we feel like we have to do it all. But the reality is if someone's going to go to a church or come back to a church, it's because God is speaking to them and we just need to be able to facilitate that. And we can do that through praying and fasting ourselves. So here's, here's a how to, yeah. How to go the distance spiritually. This is where the meat of the podcast is. So the first thing that I find that's really essential and important is actually to learn to accept yourself fully and completely by using the atonement of Jesus Christ. And the word atonement can be broken up to at one mint. And what this really means is your perception of who you are, of who you are as a person, becomes aligned with the reality of who you actually are being a son or daughter of God, being a child of Christ, being someone that was created in God's image. What does that mean, right? Do you really know what that means? It's healing your identity. You will accept yourself fully when you realize that that's true. Because how could you not accept yourself when you know that you are equal to Jesus Christ? Because God doesn't make unequal creations. God made you out of the same mold. It's just Jesus Christ showed us a perfect way to live, and he was chosen to do his work. But we are not any different than him. So you have to learn to accept yourself fully, right? And we often don't tap into spirituality because we're scared of what other people will think about us. You ever thought of that, right? Like that example of praying in front of a crowd and feeling shy or nervous or something. Rather than doing it with real intent, we say, well, what are people thinking about us? I don't want to mess up a word. I don't want to look like a fool, right? And too many people don't dive into spirituality because they believe that they do not deserve it. You ever felt that way, right? This is part of accepting yourself too. And we, we might say, well, I don't deserve everything that the Father has. However, he already gave us his most important son, Jesus Christ. He gave us his son, Jesus Christ, his firstborn and beloved. Yeah, as it says in John 3, 16, for you know, and he, he says, for, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's a little silly to argue with Heavenly Father that you don't deserve everything that he has it, when he already gave you his, you know, a prized possession and he already invested everything into us. So if he's invested everything into us, don't we deserve everything? So second thing that is very important to go the distance spiritually is to learn to trust yourself Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and the Spirit. Because another major reason that people do not dive deeper into spirituality is because they don't actually believe 100% that their spiritual efforts will end in the results that they want. They have this fear, yeah? They have this fear of not getting the response they're hoping for, a fear that they pray for a miracle, but it doesn't happen. Well, this is actually called faith, yeah? It's the ability to not know, to not see it, but be able to have hope in it as if it were true because it is true to you. Yeah. So learning to trust that God does listen to you. He does answer your prayers and is the master of the universe and can rain blessings on you. That's going to help you go the distance spiritually because there's so many things that we pray about and we're like, well, I can't really do it. So who's to say that it's possible, right? Well, we have to believe that it is, that God is the master of the universe and can rain blessings on you. We also got to learn to trust that Jesus Christ can heal us miraculously from physical and spiritual ailments, yeah, and mental and emotional, all of it, that Jesus Christ can heal, yeah, because he can, can't he? He 
he was able to experience everything. And I disagree when general authorities say that people are going to be depressed all their lives. I, I find that to be false, that that doesn't have to be true, that Jesus Christ absolutely can heal them miraculously. And I've seen it happen several times, many times, actually, when it comes to mental health, that they can be healed completely and totally. And this is a trust that's very valuable because when you have that kind of trust, it's going to result in spiritual results, spiritual miracles. Yeah. Then you also need to learn that to trust that the spirit is talking to you and can inspire you in subtle and magnificent ways. The spirit is communicating with, with you with the higher thoughts of a higher being. Yeah. And it's very important that you listen to that or else you won't be able to lead yourself to where you want to go. So mainly, we got to learn to remove the fear of not getting the response we were hoping for. And you're more likely to have the spiritual experiences that you want when you're totally in line with what you want, when you feel totally at peace of it happening or not happening. Yeah, trusting, fully, fully trusting God that it's up to him and that he can make it happen or not happen. And if it doesn't happen, it's because something better is about to come around. Yeah, and we can, we can do this, we can have these experiences when we congruently, when we all of us were aligned, when we seek, ponder, and pray that way, and we feel peace about it, yeah? So there's, only, there's really only one way to find out if God is real and all-powerful, and you'll really never know until you truly trust Him, until you truly give up everything that you feel like you need to hold on to so that you can get your results, until you truly surrender everything and have actual true faith You'll never really know that God is there. So the third thing to go the distance spiritually is to act in faith. Yeah. So when you're praying, you'll usually receive instruction. This happens to me a lot as I'll pray and I'll get instruction on how I can act toward my outcome. Now, it's important to not just receive those instructions, but also to act upon the impressions that come. And we usually don't act because God is asking us to give up something that will require us to have a broken heart and contrite spirit. He's teaching us to be meek, teachable, and to live according to that to what will give us the most happiness and best outcome. Because from his perspective, he's not just saying, here's uh, something that makes you happy, like a new car or something like that. He's saying, well, what's, what's going to bring eternal happiness? And the thing that's going to bring eternal happiness and eternal joy is your ability to be taught your ability to be meek and humble, your ability to live according to what gives you the most happiness all the time, live according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what he's teaching you. And you'll know that the spiritual result will come when you feel great about acting on it. Yeah, When you really feel at peace where you say, I'll do anything and I'll act, I'll, I'll do anything that it takes, right? I'm going to do, I'm going to act like everything depends on the Lord and I'll act also in whatever way he instructs me. Sometimes though, and this is really important because I think sometimes we overact when it comes to things that we want, when we're getting a result. We might go here and there out of fear, being scared that it won't happen and we act too much. Well, sometimes the action is to simply stop, surrender, and give your will to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ and allow them to do the work while you watch, you know, pop some popcorn and let them do the miracle, if that makes sense to you, right? That can be an action at times. So let's play a game. Yeah, these are three ways that you can go the distance spiritually. Let's play a game of faith. First thing I want you to do is I want you to be real about your life. Yeah, think about your financial system, your, your financial 
uh, what am I trying to say? Your, your finances. Yeah. Think about your health. Think about your mental state. Think about your relationships, your family relationships, your spirituality, all of that. And I want you to think of what would be the one outcome at the end of this week, if it were to happen for you, would prove to you, would show you beyond a doubt that God definitely blessed you in your life. Yeah. This isn't something like, well, I exercised every day. That's no, that's total. That can be totally in your control. You need to think of an outcome that is beyond ideal. That is something that you couldn't do by yourself, that it would have to be miraculous. Think about a miracle that would come in your life. Yeah. A real miracle, a real one. Yeah. And God cares about you in all aspects of life. So if it's about money, that's fine. If it's about your health, that's fine. Those are going to be real miracles, right? Because he cares about you, especially when you're seeking first with faith, when you're seeking his kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Okay. After that, after that, I want you to make it really clear, crystal clear in your mind, what it will look like when it is accomplished. When you, when this miracle happens for you, what will be the outcome? What will it look like, sound like, feel like? What are people going to say? What are you going to say to yourself? What are you going to see? Who's going to be there? Yeah. Make it really clear in your mind as if it's a memory. Make it very clear. And then as it's really clear, ask with faith and real intent, being willing to act on whatever impressions come. Yeah. So as you have it really clear in your mind, that's when you ask and you say, you know, I want this. I intend for this to happen. Please, Heavenly Father, I ask thee to bless this, that this will happen. And I will do whatever it takes. I will do whatever it takes. Give me an impression. I'll do it. And then after that, you just act on the inspiration that you have. Even if that means surrendering and not acting, doing inaction, it's totally fine. So I want you to play this game. Do it and let me know how it goes. I want you to send me a private message or an email about this, yeah, so that I can hear your experiences because I love to hear them. I love to share them and I love to share them in future podcast episodes. So going back to, you know, this episode, right, as we're bringing it together, this this guy I was talking to that is a listener to the podcast, I, I told him, I said, I would do this episode, right? I would definitely come out and do this episode and um, here it is, the other side of the pendulum. This is something to think about. And I really think it's massively important for people to go all the way spiritually, to really take it to the end. And I mean, it's it's like these people that I met on my mission, right? Like this Baba Natalia, this Babushka that made borscht. And after I asked her, I said, how did you know to make borscht? She said, oh, um, Two angels came to me and told me that you were on your way and to prepare borscht for you. I mean, when you think about that, right? This is a lady, she's not a member, right? She's seeing angels and the angels told her that we would be coming to her apartment so that she should start making some food. The angels probably knew even before we decided. Yeah, they knew we'd be in the area and told her. And she made us food. Yeah, and we got there. It was phenomenal food, by the way. Really good. And... It's those kind of experiences that are extremely spiritual. Like Elder Scott, when he decided to give himself a blessing in the middle of, of nowhere when no one was around and he totally and completely healed himself. Yeah. And this is one of those things where spirituality doesn't really have rules. You know, it's really about your intention. It's really about your desire to create. It's your, about your ability to create a relationship with God and his power. 
create a relationship with Jesus Christ, his ability to heal, create a relationship with the spirit and being able to hear it. And as I was creating that relationship on my mission and I was praying and I was on my knees and I was asking for God to inspire me, well, I got the answer through the spirit and it said, get off your knees and go to work. It was different than I ever knew, right? Because sometimes we do just need to pray and surrender. And other times we need to get off our knees and go to work. Sometimes we just need to let him part the Red Sea as we walk. Yeah. And it's so important to act in faith. It's important to ask in faith and it's important to act in faith. And with Hugh Nibley, right? That story that he had where he had died, basically, and he saw the afterlife. He swallowed his tongue. He relates this. He says, then all of a sudden down this thing like a tube, you get sucked down this thing and you come out. I thought, oh boy, I know everything and everything is there. So this is his, him describing the life after this in the spirit world. And I know everything is there. And this is what I wanted to know. Three cheers and all this sort of thing. So he's so excited. All I wanted was to know whether or not there was anything on the other side. And when I came out there, I didn't meet anything or anybody else. But I looked around and not only was was I all in possession of my faculties, but they were, they were tremendous. I was light as a feather and ready to go, you see. Above all, I was interested in problems. I'd missed out a lot of math and stuff like that. Now, in five minutes, I'd be able to make up for that. So he's saying in five minutes in the spirit world, he could learn all the math that he ever wanted to learn. And he said, he goes on and says, remember, as Joseph Smith said, if you could look for five minutes into yonder heavens, you see, you can forget about all the rest you ever bothered out about. And it's true. This is what he's relating about the afterlife, right? This is something that bothered him for a long time. He really wanted to see the afterlife. And this is what else he says about it. Absolute knowledge of the afterlife gives me a great relief. So that's why I don't take it very seriously down here. We're just sort of dabbling around, playing around, being tested for our moral qualities. And above all the two things we can be good at and no two other things can we do. We can forgive and we can repent. It's the gospel of repentance. So he puts in perspective. He has in perspective, right? It's like, well, we're just kind of playing around here, having fun. And really, the only thing we can really do is forgive and repent because after you die, you don't really do that. And the angels are jealous. So thank you for listening today. Really appreciate you listening and your patience. I appreciate your patience. One thing that is coming up is pretty soon I'll be creating a video version of this podcast. And I want to get into a studio and bring on guests and have really great discussion. Um, I haven't ever monetized this podcast, nor have I asked for donations. Pretty soon I will set up a donation link, though. If you're interested in helping fund this podcast, seeing it grow, and watching it become video and bringing on guests and all these things, I would love your donations to help make it possible. Once again, thank you for listening. Have a fantastic Sunday, and we will talk next week. Ken loves to get feedback from his audience. Send him a private message or write a review so that he can discuss topics that are most relevant to your spiritual experience. Thank you for listening today and remember to join next week.